Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nutjob, but not that kind of nutjob. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh no! Heads and a load of kids from Texas. It's just. That was recorded 33 years ago and only just been released. My God, that is great. So it's a tiny scene in one of my favourite favourite films, True Stories. I can play another song later on, Dream Operator. Oh, jeez, man. And um, but in this the, the the film they sing Acapulco. And, but then there's a four-minute version backed by Talking Heads. And the bit, the middle eight, it's just pure David Byrne, but it's being sung by kids. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. So, exciting news, OK? We're screening the Bross documentary, Catherine and I, as part of our Rabbit Hole Picture Show evenings. Um, it's March the 2nd. It's sold out. And it's sold out about two-thirds you, dear listener, one-third Brossettes, who have got no idea who I am or Kath is, Never listen to the show. David and John, I'll come to you in a second. Biblical names, I like that. Um, they just come in to see the Bross film and to see Joe Perlman, the so producer. Two-thirds are people, one-third Brossette. How right. on earth will we tell the difference? <laughs> well, the, 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 I, I think. Okay. <laughs> so we got this uh, guy, Andrew, who listens to the show in, in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And he um, quite, he's flown over from Las Vegas to see us live. Right? And he brought biscuits. And then he said, oh, I think I can get... Um, Luke Goss to record an intro for you. So what did I say to him? If you can do that, yeah. you will get... Yeah. Uh, was it free tickets to everything we ever do ever? Yeah, yeah. This plum won't stop emailing me now. So this was 11 days ago. Hi, Ian. You might be in luck. I spoke with Ollie Rowland, who is Matt's manager. He thinks he can do it. They're about to fly back to England for the TV awards next week, so it won't be immediate, but I think this will happen. Sorry I won't make this rabbit hole, but looking forward to my lifelong free ticket. Oh, confident. You, you cocky, you cocky SH1T. <laughs> I can't wait to see you fall flat on your backside. Next email from yesterday. Hi, Ian. I've been in touch with Matt's manager. They've agreed to do the video intro for your show. What? 
Do you want to send me a few words of exactly what you'd like him to say? He's just back in Vegas from his trip, and I hear he's a bit unwell, so it might take a few days, but it should be fine. Looking forward to my tickets for life. Wow. So we're going to have a, we're going to have a video introduction from Matt. Because I tried just tweeting them and asking, and they ignored me. Well, I DM'd him. Yeah. So, obviously, Andy's giving him the personal touch, and that's fine. Matt, uh, Andy, are you, are you listening? Give us a call. I'll tell, we want our names in there. I want to hear him say our names. Mm-hmm. Ian Lee and Kat and... What was your name, sorry? Oh, yeah. my God. Catherine Boyle. Boyle. Catherine Boyle. But we want to say him to say a big thank you to his fans, because they're going to be there, and it's... Uh... And we want need him to mention the Rabbit Hole Picture Show. Yeah. That's it. That's it. The rest is down to him. The he's rest a... is down to him and his spontaneity. He's a wordsmith. He knows his stuff. Um... I mean, what is the legal position of giving this guy? Who was it, Nick, who was the barrister that phones in? Is it Nick? Yeah. I think it was. I, for Nick, if I've got your name wrong, well, then I'm talking to someone different. But I, I, you know I'm terrible with names. If, if he could call in and just, just see what the legal thing is, because I don't really want to give this guy for well, life. I know. That's us out of, that's us out of probably, well, over minute. the years, it's like £50. Pounds. You're thinking of this all the wrong way. Yeah. We kill for him. life, for his life, right? His life, we kill him. Exactly. Okay, fine. If anyone don't wants, mention that on air. If anyone wants to kill... One of our listeners for us, 03444991000. So we can save about oh, 15 quid. I've got a brilliant idea as well. And I have to be careful how I phrase this because I don't want to draw attention to, to, to stuff. Um, oh, no, I'll just say it. Okay, so um, the, 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 if you want to make a complaint about a radio show, and this is I'm not really doing myself any favours, but if you want to make a, a, a complaint, I would suggest, well, I'd suggest going to the station, but the official body is Ofcom, yeah. right? You go to Ofcom. And if you go to a station, they will look into it. Trust me, they'll look into it. But if, if you're unhappy with the way it's done, then you go to Ofcom, OK? And I know that a show here recently got, got an Ofcom upheld and, and people constantly complain about this show. Um, and uh, this show has never had an Ofcom upheld. Okay, It's never had one upheld because we know what the rules are. We follow the rules and Ofcom knows what the show is and they kind of dig us. So th- thank you, Ofcom. I appreciate that. I, I don't agree with all their judgments, but I agree with those. Everyone's in my favour. Someone complained about us um, recently and every every month or every three months, Ofcom publish all of the complaints, the ones that are upheld, the ones that are not upheld. And someone complained about um, about this show. I don't want to go into the specifics because I don't want to awaken the beast of this, this, this guy. Who, who, who shouldn't be on the internet anyway. Who shouldn't be on the internet. and You know, anyway. But the basis, the basis of the complaint was someone phoned me up and said, you should come round to my house for tea. And I said, no, thanks. You sound like a sex offender, right? And that was what the, basically what the complaint was. There's a few other bits and pieces. But that was basically the complaint. So what happens is Ofcom, the complaint goes to Ofcom. Ofcom phones up Denny, uh, our boss, and says, we've got this complaint. Can we get the audio? So Denny then speaks to Kath. Kath pulls the audio off, mm-hmm. makes, listens to it, and so that we all, I don't tend to listen to it unless it's getting a little bit heavy. I don't have to really do it once. Kath listens to it. Denny listens to it. They, they kind of decide whether actually there may be some basis for the complaint, in which yeah. case you kind of have to roll over and go, okay, maybe we got this one wrong. Or if there is no basis for the complaint, we feel, then um, you, you write a robust defence saying, well, this is what was said. Uh, we feel this was the context. This is the, the, the tone of the show. Da, la, la, la. Like I say, none of the complaints for this show have been upheld. But what Ofcom did, and it's beautiful, and I won't read it. I'd love to read it, but I don't want to because I don't want to draw this attention to this particular individual, okay? But um, but what Ofcom then do is they put the transcript of about three minutes of radio up, right? Transcript of this show, right? And there's a brilliant bit where the guy hangs up, right? 
and it, it says something like, uh, clattering is heard. Kath, you're not phoning him back, are you? Me. No, of course not. <laughs> no, it was don't you dare phone him don't back. Don't you dare phone him back. That was it. Um, but here's the thing, right? I'm sat there reading the transcript of this complaint. I'm in hysterics because it seeing it written down, not just specifically that argument, but seeing a bit of this show written down with me arguing with someone and then Kath kind of interjecting to calm me down. It is funny. Well, it's funny. Here's another thing. Sometimes I'm not around to take the audio off, right? Especially if it's quite old. So yeah. I have to go into our system here at work. And obviously I don't come in till late at night. So on the occasions where some poor sod who works earlier in the day has to fish it out, I have been told that you can always tell who the person doing that is because they're usually um, laughing. Yeah, it is. Um, but this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, right, I don't listen to old shows. Why would I? I'm thinking I, I'd read a book of transcripts from this show. I'd read that book. I would read that book. And then what I would also do, right, I would read the book... But then I would hire actors to recreate it on stage. <laughs> you, you, you would pay to see the that, Rabbit Hole Theatre Show, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you though? And not necessarily recreate it in a like a studio setting, but do it like you know maybe so they'd be in like a restaurant yeah, or in a pub. They'd be at a bus stop or something. So the conversations are taken out of the context. I've got it all planned. This is partly from watching True Stories. So the con the, the conversations are taken out of the the, the context of a radio station. It, it's like those um, the creature comfort videos. Yes, you know where it's kids talking about. I don't know, sledging or fighting or something, but you've got you've two got pigeons two, doing it. Two pigeons doing it, <laughs> yes. and it's it it it, it's, it becomes a different thing. So here's the thing, guys. Who wants to do a transcript book of this show? Well, and you could pick your favourite bits. I know some of you have got particular pet calls. Yeah. yeah, you know that you will go back to over and over again. There is a whole archive of this stuff somewhere. I've got. I know. I've got a brilliant um, transcriptor. Transcriber. I think it's transcriptor. No, no, because it's they're transcripting it. Yeah, no, I think it's transcriptor. Um, uh, called Alison, who's who's uh, great. And if ever I need to type up an article about an interview, please don't show your head at me. Like well, it's, it's because I used to do it for you for nothing, but apparently I wasn't good enough. All so right. then you went and paid someone to do it. I was, I was putting some work into the back into the community. Actually, I was doing it with her first, and then, then you, you stuck your nose in. You, you came and undercut her. You you stole food. She's got kids. So have I. Yeah, but you were doing it for free. Beaky. Huh? That looks like a big beak when you're supping on that. Um, He's talking about my right, drink, well, by well, the then, well, then you do it then. Nope. Right, well, fine then. This is why. Because you're not going to want to trans transcript bits of the show. If anybody wants to transcript bits of the show, I I'm tempted to, to then put it in a book that we sell online. James is up for it. James, oh my, OMG, yes! Um, I'm tempted. I would then kind of put it into like a digital book or a self-published you know the, these book, vanity books they used to call them self-publishers. Yeah. Put it, sell it. You know, for knockdown price. I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna get rich. Sell it for two or three quid. Because um, I think it'd be funny for people to phone up and we could recreate stuff. <laughs> but then we go out, we go out and we we get a small theatre and we put on a show, or or we get um like Mug, uh, Dan uh, uh, or or Jeff to to make films, make movies uh -huh. of these phone calls, but done in you know you're walking into a bank. <laughs> I think you sound like a sex offender. Well, I want you to come home for tea. I'm not going to. You disgust me. <laughs> <laughs>
I genuinely, I think it's, it, I think it's a very funny idea. If anyone can help us, um, um, I haven't got an email. You can have. I have mine, Catherine.boyle at talkradio.com.co.uk. <laughs> Catherine.boyle at uh, talkradio.co.uk. 03444991000. I've been talking so long, the calls have racked up. We've got David, John, Lucy, Nick. Stay there. I promise I will come to you straight after this. Talk Radio. Contact Talk Radio. Call 0344-499-1000. Text Talk and your message to 8722. Text costs 25p plus your standard network rate. Or you can tweet us at Talk Radio. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Excuse me. Oh, Dad. Just... Hello, I'm Martin Kellner. And I'm his daughter, Ruthie. We do a podcast. It's called Ruthie, Me and My Dad. In which I tell him how he's wrong about most things. And I explain to her who the Bee Gees were. It's on Acast and Apple Podcasts. And all your favourite podcast providers. It's a unique generation gap conversation between a baby boomer dad... And his Generation Z daughter. That's Ruthie, Me and My Dad. Brand new episodes every Thursday. It's electric. It's eclectic. It's always rule-free. It's the late-night alternative with that man, Ian Lee, <laughs> on Talk Radio. It was, of course it was. Well, George has verified it, and that's all the information we got. Apparently he thinks it was real. We have to go with that. Right, let's go. Sorry, everyone's been waiting for ages, so I'll try and do these in the order that yeah. they came in. Good evening, David. Oh, all right, oh, Steve. All right, Steve, mate. I've been on hold for 15 minutes. What's going on? Um, you're going to be on hold for another five. Let's go to John. Good evening, John. Hello, Ian. Hello, Kath. How are you doing? It's good, 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 good. Okay, mate. What have you got for us? Uh, a couple of things, really. Just with you saying that you felt a bit... Uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's... I've, I've rang before and mentioned that you do a lot for other people as well. It's, you know, for every idiot that you get calling you and trolling you on online and what have you, there's maybe 50, 100 more people that appreciate you. It's just letting you know, again, that... It does that side as well. Thanks, brother. I appreciate no, it. Right. And Cass as well. She's great. Uh, it's good. You're that right. I am. She is great. Cass. Is, here's the thing. And I take the mickey out of Cass, but I, but I think only good friends can take the mickey out of each other. And there'd be no malice. She's my best friend. I love her dearly, and she's put up with me being an idiot, and um, and letting her down again and again and again. And she's brilliant. And I love you. Oh, you know, well, I see. You can feel it. You can feel it. Uh, can I? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Maybe not. That was child. That was childish of me, John. I'm sorry. He's trying to be sincere and nice. Just take it, John. He doesn't. He um. Stop it. He doesn't take compliments very easily. No. But well, not. I don't think you know. He doesn't get that many coming through on the on the airwaves. So well, it's, thank I think you, he deserves a few. So you're a good man, John. Thank you, brother. I think keeping off social media is a good thing. I think it, I I think it is the only reason I might go back on is to sell tickets. If we don't sell enough tickets for these shows then I might go on and 
it'd be interesting to see if going you know if, if the tickets plateau for a week or so then if i go on twitter and suddenly we have a boost again well then that will prove that there's there is a correlation but, but it doesn't not, seem to be the case so far no it doesn't so. it's, it's sold 25 percent of Manchester. um but yeah being off, off twitter john the, the relief is palpable listen i don't think i'm at my I, I i get very upset by stuff that i read online about me but also i don't think i'm the best person i can be when i'm involved in electronic media um, and I'm going to try and do things a slightly different way. I want to be a better person, and I want to be a happier person. So maybe if I do things a slightly different way, that might have an impact. I don't think, um, you know, I don't think being online is bad for everybody. I just think for some people it, it, it um, heightens negativity. Well, because you're in, like, the let's say the public eye, people will say things to try and get a rise out of you. Yeah. Any person would react to that, whether it be you, me, or anybody else. It's just different because you're in the public eye. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Would you buy our book if it was just like transcripts of the show? Uh, well, it depends. I keep asking you to come at Middlesbrough, so it might depend on that. <laughs> well, if we come to Middlesbrough? Well, we yeah, came... I said last time I rang, remember? Yeah, we came to Newcastle, and, and where were you? Where were you, John, you scumbag? The thing is, Newcastle's a bit different for me. No, local rivals and that. Middle is well, far. I know, but it's closer to you than we are. I'll tell you what, John, give us give us the name of the crappy little village you live in. and we'll, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, we, listen, here's the thing. If we go and play the big cities, we still don't sell out. We're not a big draw, me no, and Kath. Yeah. Um, and as much as we'd like to go to every small town, I mean, I'd love to go and do some shows in, like, village halls and stuff like that. But, it, 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 you know, we're both a little bit skin and... You know, all we really want to do, we don't do it to make money. If we can, make, if we can come back with a few quid profit, beautiful. Yeah. But as long as we can cover petrol and cover expenses, you know, as long as we can break even and cover a couple of meals where we're going, um, then we're happy to do it. You know, I think we, most we, sometimes we come away with fifty quid each, which is always a Brucey bonus. Yeah. Um, second time that phrase has been uttered tonight. Show, but um, uh, we'll we'll see. And also, here's the thing as well. It's me that books it all. Yeah. So it's not like I can go to my PA or, or our tour manager. Okay, um, Alice, can you um, book us in some dates in these areas? We haven't played. It's me. I've got to go online. I've got to find the venues that might accept us. I've got to email them and uh, then sort out dates. And then I've got they send me a date and I can't do it. So I send them a date and that's fine with them. But then I have to go to Kath and she can't do that. Because, it's a flipping nightmare, man. Yeah. I mean, I said, I said before, I sort of like stumbled across you, really. So, well, I'm glad you did. Years of went to Newcastle before. I, I probably wasn't listening, so I would again. We'll, we'll go. Uh, up, we'll, we'll go up that way at some point. I promise. I promise. It, 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 loved it because we had a nice afternoon in Tynemouth, didn't we? Well, we had. Uh, we also had great ribs the night before. Oh yeah, Newcastle proper. The night yeah. Before that was filth, man. Loved it. Lovely roast at the stand. Oh, it was happy days. Mm-hmm. Happy days. Hey, hey John. Just two, more, go on. just two more quick points, if you don't mind. Yeah, go on, man. Uh, one. I know you, like when I'm saying about things that you do for other people that you don't realise, there's a little Twitter group of us and a few of us have problems in that and we're all there to talk to each other. You know, a group of strangers that have come together through your show, you know, that sort of help each other even though we don't really know each other. Well, um, um, well, that's nice. Well, hello everybody on Twitter who listens and supports the show, and uh, it means a lot to us. And um, we're sending you, we're sending you our peace, and we're sending, we're not sending you our peace, we're sending peace generally, just, general peace and maybe, love. Not everyone has someone to talk to, so it's, it's nice, really. That yeah, and you know, can I can I just can I just say something? You're right. Not everyone has someone to talk to, and I I found something quite shocking at the weekend. I had to call the Samaritans on Sunday because I was not in a great place, and right. I called the Samaritans twice, and there was no answer. 
Now, not in any way, it's not in any way a diss of them because I love the Samaritans, 116, 123. They're, they're brilliant. They're awesome. What that says to me is, my God, they are totally understaffed, you know. I'd find them twice within the space of 15 minutes. It wasn't like I'd find them in the morning. It was 15 minutes. And there was no answer. I managed to kind of laugh at that and that just sent me back the other way. But if I'd not been able to laugh at that and send me that, you know, I could, if I'd been in a slightly different state of mind and took that personally or took that as a sign from God that, that I, okay, well, even the Samaritans don't want to talk to me, man alive. It was, uh, it, it's, it, I, I, it's shocking. So I don't know what we yeah, can do. Yeah. I, I give a few quid to them whenever I can. I, I don't know. But apart, I, I thought considered volunteering, and I thought actually I don't think I would want to because I do this. It's mm. too similar to what we do here for me to then want to go and you know spend I don't know what how long their shifts are five hours eight hours. But anyway, I just thought I'd put that out there. Go on, you had another thing. Yeah, the last thing. Yeah, like when you're talking about the Queen film, like lately. Yes. Did you see that the Beatles are doing one? And oh, 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 don't let me down, don't let me down. Oh, yes, have you heard about this, Catherine? Yes, several times. Because you're not on Twitter now, everyone's tweeting me going, "Has Ian seen this? Has Ian seen this?" Fifth, so Peter Jackson, the Lord of the Rings bore, yeah, has been it, yeah. given fifty hours of previously unseen let it be footage well let's just say i've got a triple cd set so why don't we make that 42 hours of previously unseen footage and 140 hours of previously unheard footage but actually all of that let it be audio is out because it's someone leaked all of it it's all out there and most of it is terrible terrible quality um oh, yeah. uh, 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 because it was mike's anyway um but yeah he, and he's gonna basic well it, it seems to me he's basically gonna sort of remake let it be. Re- do a new Let It Be. Yeah. Can't wait. This time with Paul McCartney's blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Paul McCartney's tweeted, hasn't he? He's tweeted yeah. like an apple and a thumbs up. I can't wait. I, that that era of the Beatles thrills me and excites me, and I've got a, I've got a little Ringo Starr boner. <laughs> God. I've got a Pete Best. <laughs> oh, what a thought that is. Um, All right, John, listen, mate, thank you very much indeed. I'm very excited by that, very excited. Let's try David again. Let's see if David's got some manners. Good evening, David. Evening. Uh, I'd just like to apologise for the outburst. Um, And I would like to apologise for my childish putting you on hold. That was immature of me, David. Uh, But what's my... I've learned my lesson. Please don't put me on hold. It's quite quite lonely there. Okay. do you want to take us off speakerphone, mate? Uh, Yeah, no worries. Um, I just wanted to ask, you guys are doing the tour, aren't you? We're doing the tour, yeah. Yeah, which city are you going to? We're going to just just everybody just everybody be prepared. I think we got one, okay? Just you know, we're going to Brighton, we're going to Bath, we're going to Manchester, and we're going to Glasgow. We're going to Luton. So far, Norway and Sheffield. Sorry, you're not going to Sheffield. We are not going to Sheffield. No. Mm. That's disappointing. I would love to come see you. You will have to come and see us because I want to. I want to fight you. I will definitely come see you. I will beat your ass. You're going to beat my ass. (laughs) You're going to beat my ass. Is that what you're going to do? You're going to beat my ass. Ian, don't listen here. Hey, David. David. Yes. Um, Yes. uh, Do you play a musical instrument? I can do. Yes. You sound like a banjo player. I play the banjo. Yeah, you do. I thought so. I thought you might do. Thanks very much for your call. 
I knew it. You can spot my mile off. Lucy, you're next. Then it's Nick. 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with that man, Ian Lee. There's no strangers here, just friends you haven't stalked on Facebook yet. Have never sent my picture to anyone who didn't request it. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Yes. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to Lucy. Good evening, Lucy. Hello, good evening. I'm laughing because Kath has got a picture, her screensaver. Do you describe your screensaver? It's brilliant. <laughs> my screensaver is my two little girls dressed up as Laurel and Hardy. and um, They've got the hat songs. We got some hats when we went to see that film. Yeah. I brought them back and I said, girls, can you just um, can you just put these hats on and can I just face paint a little black moustache on you, little one? So she's got the littlest one who's still got her sort of chubby cheeks is... Uh, is Oliver Hardy and the other one is very tall and thin and so she's standing and I said do this fa-. I showed them the faces to do and they've done it brilliantly it's such a good picture they've got it spot on it's black and white I'm just saying to Kath don't leave it in digital format that would look nice on one of those canvas you know the canvas pictures you get that are mounted on the squares I think that would yeah. look nice as a canvas that's all I'm saying God bless you beautiful children impersonating beautiful comedians it's good, isn't it? Sam's seeing it now. Look, he's having a laugh. Isn't it a lovely canvas? Has to be a canvas. All right. Has to be a canvas. I, get, I, I hear you. Lucy, good evening. What can we do for you? Hello. Um, it's my first time calling, so I'm a bit nervous. Well, welcome. I'm sorry we kept you on hold for so long. No, that's okay. Um, thank you. Um, I read your message on Facebook today. Oh, yeah. And it struck a chord with me, and I tried to send you an email, but it bounced a couple of times, and then I heard you speaking just now saying you've turned your email off. Yeah. So I thought I'd call in. Hey, thank you. That's okay. Um, I just wanted to share my experience with you of um, my bipolar disorder. Yeah, go on. What's happening for you? Um, So I was off my meds three years ago and got quite depressed and didn't even think that it was meds related or anything I just even though I'd had episodes before I just didn't think about going back to the doctor or anything like that and then um, a few months later I had a manic episode um, went on holiday for two weeks to Japan and didn't come back for two and a half months oh flipping it I mean if you're gonna go I hope you don't mind me using the phrase because I would use this about myself if you're gonna go nuts you know, doing it for however many thousands of miles away from home. God, that was that. I was going to say that must have been terrifying, but maybe it wasn't terrifying for you. Maybe it was joyous. It was amazing. Yeah, but uh, terrifying at the same time. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not money. bipolar, and I'm, I, I am fascinated by the manic um, uh, part of your disease. You know, I think sometimes I, I, I think sometimes I, I, I can kind of err on that a little bit. The, the, the a very minor polar thing going on, but certainly not enough to be classified as bipolar. Well, how does your manic period start? Is it instant, or can you have you got like a week or so where you can feel things changing? Um, it starts with a lack of sleep. Right. So I'll start waking up at four or five in the morning and doing craft projects or rearranging my flat. Yeah. And then it sort of gets worse and worse and then I start to get more extreme and want to go to Tokyo and things like that. <laughs> I want to go to Tokyo all the time. I love it. What were you doing yeah. in Tokyo then while um, you were so, not well? Uh, at first I was just sort of doing a lot of karaoke meeting people, going clubbing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then my bank card got blocked, so oh. I didn't have any money for a while. Oh, Lucy. Um, and ended up sort of sleeping on the streets. Oh, mate. Um, in parks and things, and, um, doing what I could to survive. Oh, God. So, 
yeah, it was quite an experience. Yeah. In the end, my brother had to get in contact with the embassy to actually get me home. Oh, I'm sorry. I was me making light of it, and it sounds like it turned, no, no, it turned hideous. No, it was it was an amazing adventure at the time. <laughs> um, but I think when I when I got back, um, I was sectioned um, because I was in the, the belief that Keanu Reeves was a second coming and okay. that I was an angel. Yeah, yeah. and um, it all gone very squiffy in my mind. Um, and yeah, it wasn't until now, sort of three years later, that I can see that perhaps it was not big on my meds that triggered the mania and the depression. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming you're saying this to me because I mentioned in the post that I've been off my meds for, for I guess it's yeah. five or six weeks now. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was on meds for, for those, I was on antidepressants for years and then a while, for after a while ago, I can't, can't remember the timeline, I came off one of the d- drugs, the metazapine that was, help, that was helping me sleep but also making me lethargic and then I tried for sort of six, about six months, I was trying to come off the venlafaxine and finally came off it over Christmas and um, uh, yeah, here's the thing, maybe it has been a very stressful kind of few weeks anyway um that maybe i would have coped with it a little bit better if i'd still been on antidepressants maybe not uh, so i'm uh, I, i'm not ruling out the idea of going back on antidepressants but i just yeah. want to i just want things to kind of calm down a little bit so i can make a slightly more rational decision maybe it's just a really really shitty time and 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 you know a normal person in inverted commas would be feeling like I'm feeling now as well. I don't know. I don't know. But you, when I you went, makes a lot of sense. When you went back on meds, was it kind of a a pretty instant return to wellness? No. Um, so I was put on really strong um, medication in hospital, um, which really zonked me out. Um, and then uh, when I came out a few months later, they reduced the dose to a different medication. Yeah. And I've been stable on that for two years now, three years. Um, well, oh, man, alive. Lucy, what a story. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what, oh, that's okay. I, 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 I've got to ask. What was, the, what, was the, the, what was the craziest thing you did in Tokyo then when you were, when you were unwell? Because that's Tokyo is a place um, where you can go. Tokyo is a crazy place anyway. Mm-hmm. It's bright and it is noisy and it's friendly and it, but it can also be very lonely and it's it's you know it's robots and it's girls dressed as sexy school schoolgirls and girls dressed as sexy cats. Also, people mind their own business, yeah. so you yeah. can go as wild as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? So it's it's a nuts place, but I love it. One of my favorite places in the world. So what? So what was the weirdest thing you did? Um, the craziest thing I did, which I don't condone at all, was I walked into Uniqlo, um, put lots of clothes in my basket, put them all on, put my coat and jeans back on and walked out. Wow. Did you get stopped? No. Oh, mate. Not at all. Oh, um, Lucy. There was no security tags on any of the things. No. Um, so, and it yeah, sounds like that is, no that is not your normal moral or ethical direction you'd be heading no. in. Not in any way. And I spent two nights for different things in police stations as well. So that was quite frightening. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, Well, listen, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the air and sharing that with us, because that's an amazing story anyway. And and secondly, thank you for doing it because you you felt that you wanted to um, offer me some comfort. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, I just want to say I love listening to your show and it did really sadden me to read your post today. So I hope things work out for you because it's it's a treat every weeknight to listen to your show. You're a good woman, Lucy. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm reminded, while Lucy was talking, you might have heard me typing, I'm reminded of a book, and I've not, 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 I've not read it for about 10 years. It's a great book. It's by Mark Vonnegut, who's Kurt Vonnegut's son. It's incredible, actually. It's called The Eden Express, A Memoir of Insanity. Um, uh, it's a 1975 memoir by Mark Vonnegut about his experiences in the late 60s and his major psychotic breakdown and recovery. Um, the forward was written by Kurt Vonnegut, who said, quote, His wish, Mark Vonnegut's wish, is to tell people who are going insane something about the shape of the roller coaster they are on. It's an incredible book, right? It's about him kind of being a bit of a hippie and wanting to go and live in this commune. And as he's sort of going to the commune, he can just feel there's a couple of things in his head that are not quite right, but that's because he's a teenager and he's smoking dope and that's the way it's meant to be. And he gets this commune and he goes insane. He goes mad. He has a breakdown and goes mad. And he writes so beautifully about going batshit crazy nuts and it is it's incredible and everyone on this commune first of all they're all you know they're giving him more weed to smoke and they're all like well let's do crystals and you know and they're trying and then they start getting scared and going oh god this guy's really sick and they're in the middle of nowhere and there's a brilliant bit which i really identified with in in terms of not in terms of mental health in terms of when i used to get migraines i haven't had a migraine for ages touchwood um but there's a brilliant bit where he describes being in a hospital at his most insane, right? Being strapped to a gurney, to a bed, a gurney. And he he imagined that he was in an arena doing battle with evil and that he was good. It was like he was he was in like a coliseum and he was doing battle. Uh, and literally while he's strapped to the bed. And so a devil a demon would come in and like they'd have like a psychic fight and he had to use all of his psychic energy to beat this demon and the demon would go and the crowd would go nuts and then the next demon would come in and he had to keep having these fights to save himself and I think to save the world. It's a long time since I've read it. And here's the thing. I've had that with migraines. With migraines, like really, really bad migraines, it's... Um, I've got to, I have to dig it out. I have to dig it out and, and bring it in and read it. With migraines, I would have battles... I would have battles where I would have to battle something, an entity, to then get through to the next round. And the ultimate goal wasn't to save the world, but the ultimate goal was if I kept beating them and I bet beat enough of these, you know, um, dark forces, they weren't devils or anything for me, but if I beat enough of these dark forces, the migraine would go. And that's what I had to do to survive. It's insane insane and i'm reading this thinking my god i don't i've never seen this expressed so beautifully i'll i'll i've got it somewhere because i lent it to jeff lloyd ages ago we did a book swap and then we never gave the books back so i think i bought it recently i'll have to dig it out uh nick and giselle stay there oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand this is talk radio across the uk online and on dab talk radio for those about to talk we salute you